when I got to a point and I said, there has to be more, but I don't know what the more is. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Shop Talk podcast brought to you by 124Go. I'm your co-host, Chris Sulme, and as usual, sitting across the Zoom from my great friend, Mr. Ron Palmieri. And we're juiced up today. We've got a friend of the podcast back with us. And, you know, I guess uh, maybe we owe our audience a little bit of some backstory on why we're having this conversation. Number one, because this person brings a ton to the table. But We've realized and we've talked a lot about the fact that there are a lot of podcasts in the hair industry and we love all genres and we love that, you know, each of us is on a journey. Each of us is in a place where we've decided to start to have these conversations because we feel like we have a message to share and connect with. And so one of the things that we've done, I think a great job at is bringing a really broad scale of opinions of different types of working paths, uh, people at different stages in their careers. And we definitely intend to still do that. But we realize that, you know, one of the things we do in our personal lives is we coach salon owners and we host salon workshops for salon owners specifically. And the reason why we do that is because both John and I have had salons in the past and both have had a, a very similar experience really on getting to a place inside of the journey where we were stuck, where we, whatever we knew at that moment only was going to take us that far. And there was some frustration. There wasn't financial growth. Maybe there was some stagnation inside of the salon. And we reached out and found other people that at the time were further ahead than us that could answer the question of how do I transition from a hairstylist to a salon owner? So we're sharing this with you, the audience member, the person who's on the other side and your earbuds are in your car listening, because we've gotten more intentional around bringing more real life discussions. So we're seeking out less people that you might consider famous, if you will, even though, Christine, you're probably still famous in my eyes, (laughs) but people that have walked that walk and had that experience. And, you know, if your hairstylist listening to this and, and, and that's your goal is, you know, to stay in there and stay behind the chair. We believe that it's really great to work for a salon owner that has a vision, that has a plan that can, because inside of an organization like that, you can flourish in your career and it'll be helpful for you to listen to these conversations too. Um, We've been hairstylists. We've been really successful hairstylists behind the chair. The person we're talking to has been an uber successful both on the technical side and the business side. And now Christine Zielinski is still a salon owner of Concrete Salon in, tell me what town again in New Jersey, Christine? I'm in Homedale. You're in Homedale. And you're also um, hanging with, I call you all a clan of very powerful, in fact, it's called Empowered Salon Leaders. This group of people that you've met through your leadership development around the country and sharing 
you know, your wisdom, your message, your vulnerability with salons and salon owners. And so we're happy to have you again as a repeat performance, and we're ready to dive into what's been happening with you and also some of the learnings that you're having and some of what you're walking through. So John, I hope that opening sufficed was awesome. the direction we're moving, and I'm yeah. going to pass it to you to get this conversation started out. As you mentioned, Christine has been a guest of the podcast before, and we've worked with her in the past. You know, I had met Christine, you know, a bunch of years ago. Chris, you had talked about that opportunity when you kind of get stuck in your career or stuck in your business and you seek outside help. And, you know, I went to go work for a consulting company, you know, and Christine was there too, going through the training. And that's kind of how we met, right? And we were trying to grow our businesses and trying to get to that next level. And, you know, that, that, that working with a consulting company helped so much and it really helped my business grow. And I think Christine, you can probably speak to the same, um, but a lot's happened since then, right? Um, that the years have gone by and I think we both have learned a lot. Um, you know, new opportunities arose for me and I moved from Massachusetts to Georgia. And I was talking to Christine not too long ago because we were, she was hosting a John Maxwell leadership training online. And, you know, Christine was telling her story about, you know, life was starting to change a little bit. She was thinking of new directions, thinking of new opportunities. And I thought, man, this is going to be great for our listeners. So, you know, Christine, let's catch up a little bit. You, you've got your salon, salons, um, at least the last time we talked and um, all was well in uh, New Jersey and uh, you survived COVID fairly well. Um, and then, you know, kind of what happened next? What was the start of your transition as you started to think about other opportunities and other things for you? So I think the, well, my transition happened uh, really in 2014. It was probably had my business at that time for about 15 years. And I was, you know, I've always been a strong technical hairdresser, you know, I coming from Vidal Sassoon was always passionate about the craft of hairdressing. And I, I really was passionate about being a salon owner and building teams like that was really important for me is to build technical hairdressers that that upheld that standard and that that craft that I was was about. And I was well, you know, working with strategies, I was working for Davinus for, you know, I work with Davinus for 16 years, I still do some, some work with them. And um, I got to a point where I think this was, um, this was my biggest transition of saying, I need help, but I don't know what help I need. I had gone through strategies for seven years, I focused on my cash flow, I focused you know, I, I ran my business at 15% profitability for, you know, 15 years. I wasn't unprofitable, but I wasn't growing in a way that I wanted to grow mm -hmm. and, and what I knew I was capable of. So I guess that's really what it, what it was. It was like, I knew I had more potential to do other things, but I just didn't know what those other things were. And I just saw other people growing their businesses and what was the next step? Like, it was like, okay, well, maybe I'm supposed to have multiple locations because that's <laughs> the next step. Like, so that was the interesting thing. I really didn't know, but I, I, I was spread, spreading myself very thin because I loved being a hairdresser and I was training, but I was training on my weekends. And so I was working all week and then training on my weekends and then by the time I got home, my family got crumbs. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you personally, I, I got crumbs. <laughs> and um, so I think from my biggest transition was when I got to a point and I said, there has to be more, but I don't know what the more is. And I don't know exactly what it is, but I know there's something else. And I decided that I was going to focus on, I started to go back and I started to think about ways that I became successful. And I went back to my apprenticeship and I said, okay, when I went to my apprenticeship of it also soon, I got uncomfortable. I stretched myself around people that knew way more than me. And I got into a program that had a, a, a beginning and end. And, and I knew I was coming out with something different. And that was a pattern to me that I was like, so I did that. Then when I went to California, I did that again. I stretched myself. I became an instructor. I went through a program and I came out and I was better. And I felt like I need to do something like that. I need to to grow myself in some way that I'm not right now. And although I had been through strategies, um, I I still felt like there was more, like there was more that I could do. And I think that's when I joined I think, the John Maxwell team. Yeah, I think I, I think that's for all learners, right? I know you're a learner, right? I think there's always like, well, what else can I learn? You know, what else is there that I don't know? Right? I think that's just the natural inquisitive nature of learners. Um, we always want to know what's next. We always want to know what else can I learn? Um, and, you know, so that's a that's a great journey. And, you know, it's interesting because we hadn't seen each other for a number of years, you know, as, as we had finished our, our uh, training at Strategies. And we both ended up at John Maxwell around yeah. the same time, which was interesting. So, again, you're thinking about, uh, I like a program, I like a beginning, I like an end, and I'm going to leave with some kind of knowledge. What, what attracted you to the John Maxwell program? Well, I started reading, I was introduced by John's books through Neil. Mm-hmm. And then what, what, what attracted me at the time was I was working really hard on building um, my team and I wanted my team to start to take over in the salon and I wanted them to take on more responsibilities and I wanted to grow a leadership team. So at the time I had a coach and I would ask my coach, can you please come to my leadership trainings mm-hmm. and can you assess my leadership style and can you give me feedback on how I'm organizing these meetings because I don't feel like I'm being effective and I want to be more effective with my team so is it possible that you could come so she started coming to all the meetings and we started really working on taking John Maxwell's books and putting them in powerpoints And then I started thinking, okay, now I'm a PowerPoint expert. Like I can't (laughs) keep doing this stuff. Like I'm spreading myself so thin and I'm now I'm packed on more work. So I started researching John and that uh, it came up that he was doing a coaching training. And so I was familiar with that from strategy. So I was like, okay, sign me up. I want to (laughs) know all I can know. And so, um, so that's, that's where I started. And yeah. So. Uh, so, you know, I, first of all, I love hearing all of that. My brain right away wanted to know, because when you said there must be something more, 
or I, my, I heard what's next. I think we've kind of made it look like failure when we move from one thing to the other, mm -hmm. as far as culturally. I think uh, a lot of people hang on. I had a conversation with a salon owner who is moving in a different direction, doing something new because she's grown herself as a person. She's grown, you know, and what I heard from her was like unwillingness to let go of the thing that I'm, that I have now mm -hmm. to, but we all know, right. That you have to sort of let go of something to move in a different direction. And when you're working five days a week in the salon and two days a week on the road in some other town or country or whatever, you can only do so much. Um, my, my question is, and it sounds like you were working on trying to grow the salon, but your leadership style had um, plateaued. My leadership style plateaued, but also I think you, you just hit the nail on the head is what, what really did it for me was I was going out and I was doing education, like, but my, I was charging a certain amount for a haircut and I was charging a certain amount for a haircutting class. And I was at the, where I was going to be. Mm -hmm. Right. It was like, okay, so where financially is my next place? Because I'm a big Jim Rohn fan. And, yeah. and so you know, Jim always says, like, you got to keep layering your skills. You can't drop a skill, but you got to keep layering it. And that's how you're going to really start to increase your value of what you give to people. Yeah. So I want to know what what was happening in your salon that that led you to feel ineffective? Because I think it's one common place that when salon owners hit a point of frustration and what they do is they get behind the chair and they cut more hair. And what you did was vastly different. You said, somebody please tell me what's up with my leadership style. So uh, I guess I want to know, number one, what were the things that weren't working? Well, I was losing important staff members. So that's one of the things. So when I, when I saw that I wasn't retaining team members, that alarmed me. Um, and I, I, people would laugh and they would say, what do you mean? You retain people for 10, 11 years. And I would say, okay, great, but what's next? So, so they're leaving me to go learn something else or go somewhere else to get their next level of learning. So why can't they get their next level of learning here? So yeah. what, there has to be a shift or something that I need to make in order for them to get their next level of learning. And so I wanted to learn that piece because um, I did retain staff for 10, 11 years, but that was where I lost them. And so for me, it was, you know, I, I wanted to learn what was I missing and what, what was wrong with my leadership that people were leaving at that mark. And so I, I figured it out. The, the thing that really pushed me was the retention not not maintaining staff and broken relationships to staff members that left so it was never good it was mm -hmm. always this terrible you know i'm leaving or you know people didn't know how to leave uh they they did things in you know um unethical Secret. ways and, you know, then it left me bitter and angry and feeling, you know, uncomfortable. And I didn't want to feel like that. That's not me in my heart. And so I never wanted to feel like that because I really loved and cared about these people at one time. So how could all of a sudden one day turns 
and I don't love and care about these people anymore. Right? right. It's just, so I didn't want that. And so I wasn't getting the results that I really wanted. That was the, that's really what it came down to. Yeah. It. And when that happened, so mm -hmm. when Jamie came in and she kind of observed what were some things like, Oh, this is what I needed to Mm -hmm. work so out I'll give you the ahas and the things that I changed and I'll give you the mistakes love it so the ahas were that I wasn't aligning aligning my values with the people and I was um I was uh I knew my values um I was pretty I my I was pretty set on on what my values were except I was trying to get people or teach people more than they wanted to be taught. And I was pushing, pushing mm -hmm. stuff on people that they weren't ready for. What do you mean your values weren't aligned? Like I, I hear what you're saying, but I think for many folks, it's like, well, what does that mean exactly? An example would be, um, I value uh, communication. So if someone isn't going to communicate with me, their needs, and they just expect something mm -hmm. from me without clearly communicating to me, um, my dogs are barking, um, and they are going to, um, you know, really give me sort of the runaround in a way, and they're gonna communicate to this person and that person and this person. I, I need to be direct with this person and let them know that these are non-negotiables. This isn't okay with me and my business. It causes toxicity and we're not gonna to tolerate it. And I didn't have the courage, the awareness, and or the clarity of how important these things were sure. until all of the things started happening. And mm -hmm. so what was what the result was by not having these straight talk conversations and by not holding people accountable to the things that I valued, mm -hmm. the people that valued these things and were the most valuable people left. They left, right. I would say that there was a lack of courage in some part of me yeah. that weren't, wasn't able to hold people accountable to the very things that were near and dear to my heart. When you learned that, what, how did, what was the emotion around that? I mean, it, it wasn't something that the light bulb went off and then I changed. Right. It was a process. And I think it's important. This is one important thing for people to really understand. And I think sometimes when we even put leader people in leadership positions, we expect that their job role is you're going to hold people accountable and that's right. your job and that's what you do. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's way more complicated and complex than that. And, you know, a, a big part of it comes from self-worth. A big part of it comes from, you know, understanding how to create boundaries for yourself. And um, I think that's really important and it, it shouldn't be taken lightly because 
if we're going to train other people, we have to understand for ourselves how hard this is. Mm -hmm. We have to understand how important it is. And we have to have compassion for ourselves first and give ourselves a break and have grace and say, you know what? This isn't something that somebody's just going to tell you to do. And you have to hold people accountable now because you're now the manager, right. you know, or it just doesn't work like that. And um, so I would say it's kind of like a muscle. If you haven't worked out in 10 years and all of a sudden you pick up some dumbbells, you're going to be sore for several weeks afterwards. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. And so this is what happens when you try to have conversations and they go bad is you quit because mm -hmm. you ruined a relationship. It went bad, something. But when you learn to communicate and you can say to your staff, listen, this is really important to me. And I want you to know I'm practicing mm -hmm. and I'm going to practice and I'm going to get really good at this, or I'm going to try to get good at this. And that's what I did. So it was communication. Communications are value communication workshops, communication, you know, people, I brought in people that learned fierce conversations by Susan Scott. We did weekend workshops on Susan's material and it was just all about that. Mm -hmm. And Trust me when I say there were people that were not on board. Yeah. They did not want to have those, those direct conversations. They, yeah. they wanted to deflect, defend, and do everything that they can to not have the conversation be about them and their accountability. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I lost people because of that. And that part was okay. To lose people because I was a bad leader, that sucks. <laughs> and it, it's a crappy feeling. That's just plain and simple. It just, it, it feels bad. You had said something else, you know, and first of all, that was, thanks for sharing that. That was incredible. Um, you also said that you were kind of putting things on people more than they, than they wanted, more than they could yeah. take. What, tell me about that. Well, we were talking like, I'm a learner. Mm -hmm. I'm uh, I'm very curious. I, you know, I'm one of those people that I, I just will, I just read books. I got five books sitting right beside me. I'm just <laughs> constantly reading. Um, and so I remember very clearly, I was, um, I had, I'm, I'm a, I'm a junkie for, for personal development too. So I had a coach at the time through Tony Robbins, Melissa, and, um, I was, I went to her and I went crying because I said, you know, I teaching people how to cut hair and I know how important it is to teach them about mindset. I know how important it is to teach them about leadership. You know, I'm watching Simon Sinek's videos and I want to bring them in and like, I'm gung ho <laughs> and I'm like, you know, and just crickets yeah. or friction is what I got. Yeah. And, and I was again, I was frustrated. Like, what am I doing wrong? Like mm -hmm. these are, and people would say to me, this was what was really frustrating is people would say, you do so much for your team. And you know what I would say, but they don't appreciate it. Yeah, right. And then I got to the awareness level that it wasn't the fact that they didn't appreciate it. The fact was that they weren't aware they even needed it. Mm -hmm. And 
or that or they didn't want it at the at the time they weren't like you know as you're saying this i'm thinking about what it's like when i try to force things onto people that aren't ready for that yet yeah a great example would be I'm just thinking about a hairstylist that hasn't burnt anybody's hair off yet. <laughs> and <laughs> you're trying to teach them to take it off before it turns white, you know, that you can, you can tone there. And they're like, I want it to be white. Well, it's because you haven't burnt anybody's hair off yet. You don't want that yet. Yeah. And I'm using a funny analogy, but some people haven't walked through, you know, some people at a young age experience a trauma or they experience something that grows them up, you know, really quickly. Other people might not experience that ever or until later. And so they go, well, why would I, why would I waste my time working on myself when I'm good? I'm good. And then, and then a trauma or a frustration or a plateau happens. I'm a superstar. And then suddenly I'm behind the chair and I'm like, wait a minute, I can't grow anymore people are 10 years younger than me now. And they're the, they're the young, interesting ones in the salon. And I'm trying to figure out this transition. I think about that with a lot of stylists in the, in like they're around 30 years old who got into hair at 18, 19 or 20. And now they've been doing hair for 12 years and they're 30 and they're, they're, they start to go through a, well, I don't want to act like I'm 23 anymore. I don't want to dress like that anymore, but I don't know who my clientele is. In fact, I don't know who I am anymore. And there's this, there's this transitional period, you know, owning a salon will grow you up fast because suddenly you have this set of responsibilities to bring people to their income. I mean, that's, you know, at the end of the day, like the people inside of your building, the, the environment that you give them helps them to realize their career potential. And so you right away start to see where you're plateauing to where if I'm behind the chair and I'm doing a great job, I might not see that yet. And if I hadn't had any light, you know, what I call life experience, something happens to where I, I have a wake up call, perhaps I might not want your breakthrough yet. And it's, it's so, I think it's such an interesting learning for salon owners in general, because I hear Brian say it sometimes where he goes, he just says it kind of in, in plain speak, like I had to realize that my goals aren't everybody else's goals. Totally. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's a huge lesson. I think a lot of owners can relate to for sure. And I think the same thing, like I, I feel the same way on a technical level. Um, so I, I used to be that you came to the salon, you had to train a certain way and it had to be that way and no other way. And uh, now it's, Yes, we're going to take you through a training program and you're going to get better, but you're not going to get every ounce of training we have in two years and you're going to wait to get on the floor. You're going to get on the floor and you're going to build your confidence and you're going to do hair because by doing hair, you're going to make the mistakes that you need to make to have the awareness that you got to get better. And I think that was one of the mistakes that I've made is I, I tried to create masters without experience. And you really, it's a tough, it's a tough thing to do. You know, so you're, you're going through this journey and you've discovered these things about your leadership. You've discovered these things about 
maybe putting things on people that they they didn't want, right? Mm-hmm. And you said that, you know, this is this is a process, right? This isn't going to happen overnight. It's not just because you know it today, things are going to be different. Um, you know, tell us how that journey moves on from here. Yeah, so, so fast forward and, um, you know, I, I decided because I didn't know what I wanted. So I mm-hmm. decided that I was going to open a second location because uh, that's the path that you're supposed to go. Right. Yeah. And so, um, and I struggled with this for years. Uh, mm-hmm. Should I do this? Should I, is this the path? Yes. You know, this is it because I want to grow and this is the way it's supposed to go. So, so I did. And um, I, I, I sunk a lot of savings that I had into a new location and I my attention went on my first location which every uh, my second location which everybody says be careful of and of course it did and um and I went through a staff transition with that and my goal my goal was to get to this fantasy which I heard is possible but I didn't know how am I going to get there of (laughs) taking myself out of my business Right. And so that was my goal. And I thought I did it. And I did a fairly good job because I wasn't at that location very much, but I lost staff. And um, so my that's when everything started to really transition. And um, I had a health crisis happen in 2017 when I was building my second location. I purchased a house that had toxic mold and um, I lived in it for two weeks and um, I got violently ill in two weeks time and it was the day before Thanksgiving that I moved out and I had nowhere to go I had no house and it was me and my two daughters and I'm building this location I have my my other location that's happening and I'm living on my brother's basement floor Mm -hmm. and I lived between there and an hour away at my sister's house between those two places uh, through Christmas. And then I found an Airbnb. And so between Thanksgiving and March, we moved about nine times. Wow. And trying to find a house mm-hmm. and trying to find the right location. Cause now, um, and I knew nothing about my illness that I had at that moment, but I have a biotoxin illness. So I, and all of a sudden with this one exposure, and it was something that has, was going on for years that I had no idea. And I was diagnosed with chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia. And this is what I mean by, if you're a salon owner out there and you're listening to this, please, please really listen. (laughs) If you're, if you're, if your body is telling you and your heart is telling you that you need self-care and you need a break and you need time, listen, because I was not, all these things were happening, but my type A personality was like, go accomplish, do the things that you set out to do. And I was not well, like physically. And uh, 
So I moved from a house with mold that I didn't know had into a house with mold. And then wow. uh, fast forward a year, COVID, COVID hits. My, mm-hmm. my first business or my second business is doing well. My first business is really starting to come back after a step. You know, my team, I lost a couple members and now COVID hit. So I already had my COVID. <laughs> I was like, right. no more. I don't want any more. I can't take it. So I lost that home. Um, and I had to pay to live in two houses. So if you've ever, so imagine paying two mortgages mm-hmm. on houses and a new business. So it was just a financial disaster. And uh and so COVID hit and I thought, I am going to just lose it. This is going to be, I don't know how I can sustain myself after this. Like, I, I don't know how I could keep a positive attitude. Um, but to be honest with you, based on all the work that I had done for the last six years, I have to tell you, the only thing I had was my attitude. <laughs> the only thing I knew mm-hmm. that I had a choice over was how I was going to get on with my day. And the choice was, Christine, you could roll over and quit. And, or you can pull your bootstraps up and you can get moving and do the things that you know you need to do. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I did. And um, so I was now in a new home and um, I went into my first business in Red Bank and I opened the doors to get ready for COVID when it, uh, all the um, regulations that we had to have. And I got majorly sick in that location. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a week I was in bed after that. And I called my landlord, I let him know that something's up. He said, well, you better get a, a, this test. I ended up getting a mold test. Well, sure enough, there was, um, a, you know, a mold happening and he wasn't going to fix it. And so I talked to several attorneys and they said, you don't want to climb that mountain. Just, you don't want to climb that mountain. So I said, okay. So I decided to close that location. And it was a very tough decision because it was, do I, do I hold on with every bit of like, this is my livelihood and you know, I need this because it was a struggle. Like it was either my health or try to make money. Like it was like, and so I just decided that was it. I was done. And I closed the doors and I moved everybody over to my other location, which was about 15 miles away. And there were several people that decided they didn't want to come. And so um, I had to be okay with that. And and I want to just speak into the, the process of when you're transitioning, and Chris, you talked about this earlier, is we don't know what our next phase is. Like when I said, what's next for me? Where am right. I supposed to be? I was always fighting my way to the next place. And I very, there was, there was a, seldom did I allow it to happen. I guess that was the difference. I never, I was never kind of set in a, the type of person to set an intention mm-hmm. and then set a goal and then allow it to happen. 
I was like one of those people, I'm going to set a goal and I'm going to make it happen. And <laughs> right. you know, no matter what, mm -hmm. I don't care if there's a million red flags, I'm going to knock them all down. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. And so when I closed that location, I have to say it was, there was a sigh of like, just a relief. Mm -hmm. And it's it's, it's, you know, it's funny that you say what you just said, because first of all, we are not trained to allow anything, right? We're as, as human beings allowing, like, look at John's face right now. John's, John ain't allowing anything to happen in his day. He's planning that shit. Listen, I got, I'm planning yeah. what I'm doing after this podcast. Come I, on, was, what are you I was about to, listen, if it's, <laughs> Listen, if there's a crisis that's going to happen and like it's random? not on, if it's not on John's calendar, there is no crisis. It don't exist. COVID, COVID was on John's calendar a year in advance. That's why it was able to happen, right? But, but really we, we are not, you know, we're not wired to do that. And, and it's, you know, hindsight is 2020 on that, but I, I will say the same thing. Like, in our salon, you know, in my salon lifetime as an owner, we had some amazing years. And even at when, you know, I sold my salon in 2013 and I stayed there for three years longer than I really wanted to. Mm. I didn't care. I look, we were making plenty of money. It, that had zero to do with my decision. Mm -hmm. um, I was unhappy. And it was very difficult to admit that. And it was also very difficult to have faith that, and I love what you said about, I'd never heard the Jin Rohn stacking your, your mm -hmm. talents and skills. I mean, if, you know, if you had to list the talents and skills that you have, if John had to list his and I, that you have now that you didn't have 10 years ago, mm -hmm. you'd be like, oh my goodness, I'm like a sedimentary rock. Um, you know, of talents and skills, but a lot of times people don't reflect on that. Sometimes I'll say to an owner um, or somebody that's even an educator, perhaps, you know, I deal with a lot of them where I'll say, listen, go home and write a resume, not because you need a resume for anybody, but because it'll allow you to look at your experience on paper in an objective way where you can see what you're capable of. And then think about, who out there would would want somebody with these skills or need somebody with these skills? And so a lot of times, you know, I mean, you transitioned to me from a hairstylist to a salon owner. I'm going to say it like that first. Then I'm going to say you moved in and turned into a leader. And then I'm going to say you turned into an entrepreneur because not only did you have the two salon things happening, but I know empowered salon leaders and coaching people and mentoring. And suddenly you have your hands in different things. And, you know, this is what I love to say to hair school students is you're walking into a career. Mm -hmm. Now, no CEO of a company starts out as the CEO. I, I mean, they could get hired as a CEO, but day one out of college, they start out at whatever that job is, and then they work up, and then they work up. And this is this is what career evolution is. And inside of the hair industry, it's all there. I mean, listen to the three of us talking about leadership. This wasn't a conversation I was having 15 years ago. Yeah. I was growing, you know, becoming. And so if 
if you if you're a salon owner, you're wondering why you're plateaued. It's probably your leadership skills. It's probably your business owner skills because you're probably great at cutting hair and you're probably great at, you know, becoming the most popular person in your area and having people excited to come and see you. You're good at all that stuff, but that's not what running a business is. And then the other thing is you don't have to run your business for your entire life. You get to make the choice when it's time for that, you know, next chapter, but you usually do have to let go of something. Yeah. You usually do. You know, there's, you have to, what John says this quote, he says, John Maxwell says this quote, you have to give up to go up. And, you know, it, it's just, you can't bring everything with you. There's some part of you that has to shed, you know, like a snake to get new skin. It's just like, it's just what happens. And it's this natural transition and transformation that we make, except we don't, what, you, what we said before is we don't allow it to happen is we're gripping onto the past and we're trying to bring it into the future rather than just allowing the future to unfold. And what is our it, next place? It's like a salon owner that's been doing hair for 30 years and still goes to every haircutting class that comes through. And I go, <laughs> look, I get it. Like you like going to classes, but go to a business class or go to a leadership class or, you know, that those classes are now I mean, look, if you're wildly passionate about, you know, haircutting classes, you love going to them, fine, but evolve, you know, do other things also, because if not, you're probably selling yourself short, I think, if you have that leadership desire. So, Christine, you're, you're going through this transformation. You're learning all this new stuff. You're making the decision not to drag the past with you, but to let the, the future unfold for you. What does that look like now? Well, I... I think the, 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 the most eye-opening uh, discovery that I, I, could have had, I could have in this process is understanding that I, I am the visionary of my business and I am the visionary and the creator of, of my life. And mm -hmm. so it's going to happen through my perception and, and, and through my eyes, right? And so um, for me, it, it goes to being a lifelong learner and a developer of myself. So that's first and foremost. So I'm still on the John Maxwell team. Mm -hmm. um, I um, do a lot of work with my, um, my mentor, Paul Martinelli. So I do a lot of work for Empowered Living um, and that's a personal development company. And it's really geared towards, uh, you know, helping people to get what they want and to really helping them to focus on their purpose, vision, and goals, and to understand the direction in which they're going. Um, so I think, you know, to help people get clear mm -hmm. and to fulfill the direction that they wanna go. And for, for me, um, I think there's a lot of people, like you just uh, said, I think it was you, John, that said, you know, sometimes people get to this point in their, career where they lose their confidence they're not that 20 something hairdresser anymore they're 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 really kind of lost in what's next and what what's happening for me so my goal is to help them to get clear on what it is that they want and um and and transition and bounce back and and take action on what that is right um you know, one of the things that I had asked 
you know, uh, when we sent you the the podcast request was, what was your, what's your favorite business book that's kind of changed the way you're thinking? Oh, um, that was easy for me. <laughs> yeah, share that one with you. So my, my favorite all time, it's, it's not really a, well, I guess you could say it's definitely a business book, but it's a mm. mindset book. It's a business book. It's a leadership mm. book. Um, it's all of those things. And it's uh, by Napoleon Hill and it's called Think and Grow Rich. And um, it really, it, it's a book that I could honestly say it's changed my life. And um, it has, it has changed my mindset, which has changed my life. Um, and I, I would say the one, there are so many things in that book uh, that really made a difference in my life. Yeah. But one of the things that stands out the most is to know that I, I have a choice and I'm the creator. Mm -hmm. Love that. And it's not for anyone else. Mm -hmm. For those who want to know more, how do we get a hold of you? How do people reach out to you? How do they get to, to touch base with Christine? So they can go to christinezelinski.com. That's my, mm -hmm. my website. Um, I'm also the same Christine Zielinski on Facebook, uh, Instagram and, um, yeah. And so that's how they could, they could reach me. That's well, awesome. and I know we didn't necessarily dig into empowered salon heater, uh, leaders here, but mm -hmm. you have a group that I believe you guys are still broadcasting every night and you have a training program. Yeah. Yeah. for leaders um yeah so give, we, a, give a yeah 30 second yeah. commercial so we 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 have a, a company called empowered salon leaders we have a facebook page and we also have a private group so if you're a salon owner and you want to come into that group you can and we do mastermind groups to teach people about leadership mm -hmm. and so our goal is to help leaders understand that it starts with them develop you and your salon will grow and so it's, it's really focused on leadership. And that's with Tina Black, Nua Gilday, and Rosemary Chidetta. Uh Christine, knowing we have listeners from Cosmetology School on up, anything you feel like we left on the table or some words you want to leave us with? No, I think the, 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 the thing that I would just leave you all with is, you know, never stop learning. And, you know, your, your story is and and your gift that you have um is is your purpose and and just to share that with the world mm -hmm. that's beautiful thank you ma'am um hey guys speaking of learning just so you know for your salon owners and managers we have another four-day intensive workshop coming up oh, in yeah. august yeah right it's August 15th and 16th. I think that's the Sunday, Monday. And then we do it again on the next weekend. It's virtual. So you can hang with us for four days from your house, from your salon. Uh, we've done a few of these now on virtual. They are freaking unbelievable. We're getting rave reviews. And we are actually launching, it might be out by the time you're hearing this podcast, a, an online course for salon owners called Salon Business Blueprint. And what this is, is us covering the hot topics of salon ownership, which is leadership, culture development, profitability. That's right, profitability. It's not a cuss word. And growth and how to grow your team. That's something great. What is our web address for that? How do they find that, John? 124goacademy.com. 124goacademy.com. You can check that out. And I'm not going to say the price out loud, but I can tell you this. 
it is highly desirably priced. <laughs> Love that. Every time we have one of these conversations, I walk away with a little bit more than I knew before I came in, and I love that about these podcasts. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, we also walk away with a lot of gratitude to our listeners. You know, we, we, we're watching those listens go up. There, we, we hate to ask, but we know there's a few things we need to ask for. I don't hate asking. <laughs> Not even a little bit. Hey, for those of you who haven't heard me ask before, five-star reviews. You got the phone in your hand. It's down by your lap. I don't care where it is, but it's not that far away from you. Five-star reviews. You know you want to do it. You know you love this podcast. Share it with the world because every time you create a five-star review, an angel gets gets his wings. (laughs) Did you know that? Yeah. And while that angel is getting his wings, it helps us move up. Um, you know, it helps us get more noticed in the podcast world, helps share the message. And if you're really being served by this, which we hope you are, um, you know, we'd love for you to share that with some other salon owners. The other thing we're going to ask you to do is to follow us on Instagram at 124.go, as well as Facebook. We're going to get more active on our Facebook page. And so if you're a Facebooker, then uh, follow us on Facebook at 124.go. And um, if you're a grammar, please tag us in your stories and we'll do the same Uh, in hours. So thanks again for listening, everybody. We will see you on the next episode. Bye.